Yo people, welcome to Conversations with Kenji. I'm Kenji Gori, professional footballer, mindset coach and founder of On The Ball. This podcast provides a platform for those in the football world to share their stories, perspectives and life on and off the pitch. Yo people and welcome back to Conversations with Kenji. I'm, you know what John, like I'm so excited about this episode today. Like our guest today has an unbelievable story and he's the definition of being more than just a footballer. You know, people talk the good stuff. People talk like all oh, the, 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 the good, the stuff that like makes sense, you know, but a few people actually live it. And you're one of the guys that actually live it. And I got in contact with John before the virus, I think, and he's made a massive, huge impact in my life. And I can't wait for him to share his wisdom on here today. Uh, welcome to the show, brother, John Bostock. Thank you, Kenji, man. That's some intro, bro. That's some intro, man. Pleasure to be here, bro. Thanks for having me. Nah, I appreciate your time, man. And just your story is so inspirational. So let's, but let's dive straight into it, man. Where did it all start for you, John? So, yeah, so I'm 28 years old now. I mean, let's just start with the football side of things. Mm. Um, I've I've had football as long as I can remember, you know. I am a a believer. I'm a Christian now, but I, I knew... But I, I had a ball under my, my arm way before I had a Bible. Do you know what I mean? I didn't know nothing mm. about no faith, no religion. But um, football was, 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 was my God. Like, football was my savior. The thing that kept me from the negative uh, environment that I was raised in. You know, mm. where I grew up in South London, five people were shot on my road in one year. Um, but football was my, my ticket out, you know. And so from a young age, I realized I had a real gift for football. And I was so passionate by it, you know, posters on the wall, um, the little football figurines, football sticker books, like you name it, like anything football. I wore AstroTurfs to school. If I went to any weddings, I wore AstroTurfs, like, you know what I mean? But it was all about football, man. So, um, but I joined my first team when I was five years old. Shortly after I got, um, yeah, my, 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 my stepdad got me somehow, raggled me at uh, a trial at Crystal Palace. He was persistent in asking the scout there who he met by chance, or some, some would say chance, um, that I could come and train and, and, and have a trial palace. But I was too young. I was only six and you had to be seven or eight. But they let me train anyway. So out of 200 kids, two of us got chosen. And um, that's how my career started as an academy player. Came through the youth ranks at Palace. Always played a year above my age. And you kind of went smooth, you know, bro. There wasn't real... It wasn't, apart from going through growing pains, getting ostrich lights and stuff like that, there wasn't any, too many hurdles. And I thought, this is just mm. the way football is. Like, if you've got, if you're talent, that's kind of enough. Amazing, yeah. You know, you just kind of always um, do your best on the pitch and you get your rewards and there's nothing really else to distract you. Um, so anyway, I'm 13 now. I'm playing for England under 16s. I've got a contract with Nike. Um, and clubs start calling. I'm talking all the clubs consistently calling, all the agents consistently calling. Um, 14 now, and I trained with Crystal Palace first team for the first time. Um, Playing England, the 16s again, captain, um, and more clubs are calling. And I I turned 15 now, and I make my debut for Crystal Palace. um, Despite interest from Barcelona, Real Madrid, all the big boys, United, Arsenal, Chelsea. I mean, I met my day for Palace as a 15-year-old, break the record to become the youngest kid to ever play for the club. And for me, that was a huge honour because I've been watching Palace since I was five. You know, my dad always 
took me to games. I had a season ticket from when I was five. You know, most people can't remember when they were five. I was, mm. I've been watching Palace since I was five. And so to make your debut 10 years after in front of your family and friends, it was just like, man's here now. I've arrived. Do you know what I mean? I've, 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 I've clocked it. I've done it. Um, although I knew there was a lot more to, to do, I, I, that was a huge um, milestone in my career. You know, I went, made my debut that night. Next day I'm in school. Photographers there. Wow. And it was just like a lot on. Um, but even at, at, at that age, people, now I'm 28, I look back and I think, wow, that wasn't normal. But because it's all I knew, it was normal. Yeah. I was like, I'm, yeah. I'm wow, going to win yeah. Ballon d'Or one day. It has, this has to be normal. That's my mindset, you know. Um, but it was around this time, I always had questions about, about life because football was my everything. But I always had questions like, there has to be more to life than football. It has to be more to life than just you're born you play football, you get married, you have kids, you retire, you, you see out your life in the sunset and you die and that's it and you, and you cease to exist. I thought, it has to be more to life than just the here and now. Um, I didn't know what it was or what was out there, but I always knew in my heart that there has to be more. You know, um, even the Bible says that the fool says in his heart there is no God. So like we all know there is something else. Mm. We all know that if you look at creation, it has to be a creator, you know. Anyway, so at this time, um, my family had been through a heck of a lot coming up. Um, came from a broken home, and that had a huge effect on my siblings, my two older sisters. And they kind of were searching for love in wrong places, um, especially one of them. She was off the rails, dabbling in witchcraft, just relationships with guys and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, the same sister, she became like brand new. I'm not talking about like she didn't just talk differently or dressed differently she was like a new woman and I said to her I said well, what's happened to you she said John I'm a Christian now and Jesus changed my life wow. and I thought okay I wanted to laugh in the face to be honest but I couldn't because I could see that something had to be have been real you know and um she said if you want John come church with me on Sunday and I thought yeah yeah I'll come I, I wasn't interested in going to no church to be honest but the next day in the newspaper I read a story about Kaka and how he was given the glory to God for winning the Ballon d'Or. And I thought, oh, I want the Ballon d'Or. God can help me win that if I go to church Sunday. So let's go. <laughs> I went to church and, and honestly, the service was lit. It wasn't what I was expecting. I thought, you know, I've been to a church previously once in my life with my primary school. We went to like an old cathedral church to draw and paint the stained glass with it, like do artwork with stained glass windows. And it was very quiet and eerie and like sacred. But the church I went to was lit, music, friendly, smiling, alive, dancing. I thought, oh, this is interesting. I'm enjoying this. So I heard the service, really good service. But towards the end of the service, I heard the gospel for the first time in my life. Now, people listening to this, you may have heard of gospel music or the gospel truth, but the word gospel means good news. And the bad news is that each and every one of us listening to this, we've all, we've all fallen short of God's standard. You know, I don't need to be on this chat as a podcast to convince anyone of the stuff they've done wrong in their life. I'm holding my hands up higher than anyone else can hold their hands up. I've messed up in my life so many times. Um, but the reality is that God didn't just leave us with the bad news. Um, he just, didn't just leave us guilty. He sent Jesus to come and pay for our fines so we could be free and have a relationship with God. Mm. And I heard this for the first time in my life, Kenji, about the gospel. And I thought, oh, my word, this all makes sense. You know, I don't know much about religion. I don't know much about church, but I need this Jesus. You know, and so I, I came to the front, I was crying. I don't, 
real encounter with the Holy Spirit. Now I look back on it, I can say what it was because I just thought I just I thought I was just crying, but I was mm. having an encounter with the love of God for the first time in my life. And um, I prayed a very simple prayer and asked God to just to change my heart. I gave my life to Him and just surrendered my life and asked Him to fill me with His Spirit. And bro, since that day. My life is just the whole direction of John Bostock and his and his the way I see myself, the way I act, the way I talk. Everything is just shifted. Wow. I went I went from watching Madness with the Boys on the, on the bus on the way to away games. Mm. The next day I'm talk I'm talking about the Bible. I mean, people are like what, what's happened? But it became such a reality in my life. Like, bro, you're engaged. Like you and your your wife, you're gonna get married. You love her so much that when people ask you, you want to tell her because you you want to yeah. tell them because you love her in the same way. Like God really became a reality in my life it wasn't a false thing so i was just telling people about what's happened and they were like "Raw, you don't watch that no more you don't do that no more something must happen john and they were very interested to know why even old pros i'm 15 16 wow. i'm here sharing with these old guys are like oh mate his kid's brainwashed didn't he <laughs> but they could see they could see that something's changed you know what i mean it wasn't a false thing so anyways here i am i'm 15 now i've got all the bigger clubs around the world I've got, you know, uh, I'm born again. I've got a new faith, a contract with Nike, everything a kid would want I had. Wow. You know? And so as a family, we decided to sign for, for Tottenham. So we signed for Spurs. I came in, you know, being a, you know, a wonder kid, at a, uh, you know, a smaller club to come into a big club where there's a lot of talented young players, the likes of Andrews Townsend, Ryan Mason, Steve Porker, Harry Kane, mm-hmm. the list Danny Rose, Jay Livermore, the list goes with so many. Um, but I kind of went into that pool, you know, and um, I trained with the first team, make my debut at 16, become the youngest player to play for Tottenham. So I'm feeling on top of the world at this time, you know. Then the, the director who brought me in got sacked, the manager got sacked, and um, they kind of said, John, you know, for your development, you think it would be in your best interest to come back to the under-18s for a bit. Now, I've been playing 18 since I was 14 years old. So to go back at 17 was so hard. It was like, I've already done this. I've already proved myself there. So why have I got to come back here again? Wow. You know, and so I, this whole pressure came, I started carrying this pressure, just trying to feel like I had to go on the pitch, show everyone that I was this wonder kid that was to finish article, trying to do the hard thing. You know what it's like when maybe you lose the ball, you get it back, you try and go on a maze, you'll play a Hollywood pass instead of doing the simple things, getting in credit. And um, it's like the harder I tried, the, the harder it became. The more I kind of thought I was trying to be excellent, going to sleep early, watching my videos, you know, eating right, not having get my body fat down to five, six percent. The more I was trying to be, you know, strive, the, the more difficult my career became. Mm. Anyway, so I um, went out on loan five or six times, to cut a long story short. Um, had some really good moments on loan, some tricky wow. ones. Played out of position. I'm a midfielder, centre midfielder. I've been playing left wing, left wing, right wing. Um, but you don't complain as a kid. You just do the job. Do you know what I mean? Because you don't want to get the stigma of oh, he's a big time or anything like that. So I just kind of did the job. And I couldn't really find a football in home, Kenji, to be honest, bro. And so, you know, my confidence just kept kind of spiralling. And, you know, I'm, I'm a bubbly person, people person. So in around the training ground, I was, I was always confident. But when it came to performing, I felt like I could never quite perform or you know translate training to a game or just the whole perception of just seeing my career's everything if I don't play good I'm a failure and so really I kind of pinned my identity on who I was as a footballer very dangerous thing to do 
And, um, you know, here I am, I'm a Christian, I'm married now at 18, 19, I'm putting God first, I've got a Bible study at my house in Tottenham, and everything that I feel like I can do, I'm doing, ticking every box. But I got to the point now, I'm 21, my career, my contract finished at Spurs, uh, so I got released, kind of, you know, my contract got expired, and bro, my confidence was so low, I said, I said to the Lord in prayer, I said, God, you know what, if you're done with me in football, like, if you want me to come out of football now and serve you full-time and tell me, I'm done. That's how low my confidence got, you know? But then I really felt God speak to him in my heart and say, John, now you're ready. Wow. And I was like, what do you mean now I'm ready? I've been ready this whole time. What do you mean now I'm ready? I've been ready this whole time for breakthrough. Like, come on. Mm. He said, now you're ready. And I realized the reason why God allowed me to get to that point is because my whole identity had been pinned upon John Bossock, the wonder kid. Mm. and um, I had to get to the point where my, my identity had to be shifted from who I am as a footballer to who I am first in God's eyes. Mm. You know, no matter how bad you play or how good you play or what minutes you get on the pitch or what the media think about you, before all of those things, like God loves you. And if you're hearing this for the first time, guys, like I don't know where your, your background is or, or where you come from, but like, you're more than a footballer. And, you know, Kenji kicked us off with saying that, that line, like, more than a footballer. And I, I, I said I was more than a footballer. I said it in my mouth. But in reality, how I reacted to not playing good, to not being in the team, mm. it's so, it was so clear that I pinned all my identity on who I was as a, as a player, to be honest. And it really, um, yeah, man, it, 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 it broke me, to be honest. And so I said, all right, God, I'm doing it your way this time. You know, for, like we say in London, under pressure. You know, bunda the media, forget all their opinions, even family's opinions. I'm doing it your way now. Yeah. And this whole pressure just lifted. And I actually went from wow. Spurs, which is you know, one of the biggest clubs in England and Europe, and I went to Antwerp, which was second division club in Belgium. And I just went and played, bro. Oh, like, sweet. I just didn't... Yeah, and I, I learned to play. You know, I learned, I learned the game. I learned how to make mistakes. I wasn't focused on stats or on the manager's opinion so much. But I just went and kicked ball. Um, and ever since then, bro, you know, I've played for 15 clubs in total in my career. But the reason I played for so many clubs is because since that decision of laying it down and surrendering it, God promoted me every year. So I've moved and moved and moved because I've been doing it God's way. And so I currently find myself, I'm at Toulouse. In, um, well, we were in the Prem until we got relegated last year um, in France. And yeah, God's taking me on some, some, on some journey, bro, literally from the brink of wanting to give up to realizing my why and realizing that, you know what, I'm, it's not just about me, you know? And so, yeah, I've been through so much yeah. and I realized God has taken me through that so I can now um, relate to people going through the same thing in the game. So that's a, a synopsis of my story, man. John, thank you so much for sharing that. And for the listeners, like I told you guys like how much wisdom, wisdom this guy has. Like, John, thank you so much for sharing that, man. Like what you just shared there is so powerful. And even when you were just speaking, I could relate to so many things that you were speaking about. Like, there were so many times in, in my career, for example, where I was like, oh, like putting so much pressure on myself and putting so much pressure on stats and putting so much pressure on like even the decisions from, from, for example, like, like you said, like listening to even family members and listening to friends and listening to the outside world and the media and stuff. And just that sort of stuff. Like I could relate so much to you, but just to go back, John, to, to when you were 15, 
Yeah. No, you're making you're making your friend debut at 15. Like I'm. It was, champ- it was championship, championship. Oh, championship, championship. Yeah. But even bro, championship, even mother. Like yeah. I'm in the champion. Like I'm imagining myself at 15. I was at. I think I was under 16s at United. I was skinny, small. <laughs> I couldn't even. I wouldn't. Couldn't even imagine myself playing in the first team. Like how was that jump from 15 now playing with the big boys? Yeah, honestly, it felt natural, Kenji. It felt natural because I had set my top, I set that as a goal of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, the club knew that from 13, you know, there was interest from all sorts of clubs and we had to, you know, kind of just really say focus on, on, on staying at Palace because there was so much interest. Like clubs are offering my parents all sorts. Um, so I was, you know, accelerated through the system kind of and, and wherever they put me, I excelled. So whether it be the 16s, 18s, reserves, because um, there wasn't 23s back then, it was reserves or first team. Like, I actually played for the first team before I played for the reserves. But it's like wherever, I, I, wherever they put me, like, I, had, I adapted well. And so my whole mindset was like, I deserve to be here. Yeah. When I trained with the first team, it was like, these guys, like, they could, like, all bad first touch. Oh, look at him, no, no, no. He's, he's stiff. Or I would, I would look for weaknesses and it would give me confidence, you know. So, I mean, I was a good size. I was like six foot, maybe, yeah, six foot. I had big legs, and I, no pigeon chest, but I had no bit, you know, I, I, was, I, I was strong. Um, but in terms of the mindset, like when you're in the system from young, like you're trained to compete, you're trained to give you all, you're trained to, to want to be great, you know? And so like, I'd always watch stuff to inspire me to want to be great. And like, literally I thought that, you know what, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the best player in the world. That was my goal because I wouldn't look at, just getting a career. I would watch the best players in the world. I mean, I used to go to sleep watching Ronaldinho every night. I had, I had a DVD and I'd just watch it, rewind it, fall asleep to it every night and then wake up and have to turn it off. And like, I, I surrounded, I fed myself with my dream, you know? So making my debut in the championship against Watford at 15, coming on, we were losing 2-0. Bro, if you see the video, I'm coming, I'm doing no-look passes. I'm like doing step-overs. Ronaldinho. Like, bro, honestly, like, it was just fearless. Yeah. I was fearless. Over time, I learned how to fear, and that's very dangerous for an athlete. But as a kid, you come in with this like youthful exuberance. So I was like, "Give me the world, I'm ready." Yeah. So, so yeah, that's how it kicked off, bro. There's no pressure. That that is so amazing to hear. Like even just to get that inspiration from from Ronaldinho, looking at videos and stuff, and getting that getting that inspiration from there. But now you now now you're 16 and you move into Spurs, right? It's still that's a big step from going from Crystal Palace to Spurs. Now, like you said, the likes of Harry Kane, all them man that came through that Mm. came through there. Like, how was that jump for you from going to 15s to 16s? This is still football, by the way. Yeah, I think um, if I'm honest with you, um, I was a little bit shocked, not because of the standard, but just because of the, just the, the competition, to be, to be honest. Like, I came in and they said, look, you're going to be training with the first team in and out, but you're playing with the resis. And I thought, look, that's, that's still good because, you know, I'm not in that under-18 segment, you know. Yeah. So I actually played six games for the, the, the reserves and I, played, I scored, I think, about seven, seven goals. I was very prolific. I was like, and I'm a, I, I can score goals, but I'm not a goal scorer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where like, I'm a creator, but like... I was really off because of the confidence from where I came from. I took it into Spurs and I was flying, training with the first team, went on preseason tour, got an assist in the game for Aaron Lennon. I'm thinking, man, like, wow. come on, this is it. This is it. You know, I want to continue what's happened previously at, at, at Palace. But then I looked at my competition, like, you know, I had Luka Modric, 
Van der Vaart, Jermaine Genus, um, Tom Huddleston, Wilson Palacio. Um, just you're talking uh, Jake Livermore coming through. Like you're talking about even Danny Rose is the centre midfielder back then. And so oh. there's like yeah, there's about maybe eight or nine full internationals ahead of me. And so I'm training, I'm doing well, but at the same time, like <laughs> there wasn't the route. So you had to find an, another another way. So you'll go out on loan and. For those listening, you guys know what loans are like. Yeah. You know, it's hard. It's not easy. You know, not every loan fits. You can get experience everywhere, but it's not, it's not always uh, plain sailing. So from 15 to 16, it kind of felt natural. I knew that I had to buy my time. And my goal wasn't just to play now. It was to be, okay, 18, 19, that's when you're going to be in the team. Yeah. So I just thought, let me just learn my trade, get my head down, get settled in North London. Um, but yeah, man, it took, it took, it took a wow. kind of a bit of a di- different course. It's, it's mad that you say that and loans are so important you know anybody any football that is listening to this like even junior said it on the last episode where it has to fit you you can't just go on loan for the sake of going on loan it's got to fit the style that you play because you can go there and like even junior shared how he went on loan came back and was worse than when he went you know just because of just because like you go there in the whole different style of play like we, they did a possession game like short-sided, he's used to playing two-touch. Now they're mm. playing half the pitch, all in. You know what I mean? So it's that little shift in mindset and shift in how you're playing. Like it's important where you do go on loan. And I just wanted to emphasize that point of how you, how you shared that, that it is really important where you guys do go on loan and what decisions that you do make and make sure that you make that decision yourself and not let anybody around you force you to make a decision or tempt you to go somewhere when you're not feeling it in your heart. You've got to feel it in your heart and stick with your decision of what you feel to do. Oh, absolutely, man. I just echo what you say, Kenji, because I think it's important, especially for young players listening to this, you know, I'm still young. I'm not as young <laughs> as I used to be, but hopefully there's another decade in, um, for me, ahead of me. But I just want to say this, like, you are your own project. Mm-hmm. So although it might not be the perfect place or the perfect situation, you can work on yourself no matter where you're at you know so it's very easy when you follow the crowd to get lost in it so when the training's finished to follow the boys in when they go out you go out but like you are your own project mm-hmm. so doing extras working hard so I mean wherever I went out on loan I tried to invest in myself even if I wasn't playing well on Saturdays or or um or playing on Saturdays like I tried to improve so I remember when I was at Hull City I was 18 Started off really well, scored on my debut against Swansea, Euro boys. And um, like, I would always try and learn from people ahead, like older than me. So there was a player called Novi Solano, Roberto Solano, who is a legend for Newcastle. And people will know him, he's very famous, he's Peruvian. He used to take free kicks, like maestro with free kicks. So I'd always try and stay out with Nobby and do, and do free kicks. And I'd ask him, I said, Nobby, like, who's the best person you've ever done free kicks with? He went, mm, Armando. I said, who? I said, Armando. I said, Diego, you talk about Diego Armando Maradona? He went, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, wow. But if I hadn't been out there with him, asking him that and like practicing with him, I would never have known that I've practiced no. someone who's done free kicks with Maradona. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, just realize that you can learn and grow wherever you're, mm-hmm. you're placed. But I would say about fit, like you said, Kenji, like I went on loan to Sheffield Wednesday under Gary Megson. Now, got nothing against Gary Megson. You know, he's been, had a fruitful career as a manager. But after my debut, he pulled me. I, I didn't touch the ball. I did not touch. And he pulled me. 
I thought, oh, he's going to rollick me here. Because I didn't have a bad game, but I just didn't get on it. We didn't play any football, long balls. And for those who know me, I'm a technical player, I like to get on the ball. And he pulled me the day after into his office and said, John, just want to say, well done. I said, Gaffer, I didn't touch it. He went, yeah, but look, 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 look at your running stats. You ran more than everybody else. And I was like, oh, man, I'm in for a long loan here, man. The gaffer just wants me to run. And look, you have to run in football. The best teams press and run, but there was no aim to get the ball down and play. So quickly, after my first game, I realised, all right, John, just learn. Yeah. Just learn what you can. And it was a hard loan, but I learned something. And, but fits are important, especially when you're coming from a team who tries to play. You yeah. know, you have to learn quickly. And that is so true. It's so true. And something, something that you touched on before, John, like how you said about, you know, you thought it was normal. You know, like going into school and, and even like the press being there and you being the guy, like you thought it was normal, right? And there's so many times in our career where we feel like it's normal. Like when even thinking when back when I was at United, you know, you're saying to ask questions to the to the older players and to be a, when you're around them, get knowledge off them and learn and invest in yourself. Like for me, like it's so important to also be in that present moment because I'm thinking back at my time at United now, being with the likes of Skulls, Giggs, Rio, Ferdinand, and being around them all, like I could have got so much more insight to them, got so much more like experience and knowledge from what they've experienced even just to ask questions like you said mm. and now like you said like because you think it's normal like you're not going to do it you know but so i really do want to encourage like you said like do invest in yourself go and ask the questions like what is it that you're feeling in you like go and ask like that's what the best players do the mm. best players learn and ask for these things john what i love it's got to be a must like yeah. football has got to be a must to you. Like it can't just be like, oh, I want to be, it'll be nice to be a footballer. This has got to be a must. Yeah. This has got to be something that you, like you've got to do everything in your power to be the best. And, and that's what I, like even I speak to a lot of players about it as well, John. And it, it, I'm just like, if it's not a must for you, just don't, just don't bother now. Mm -hmm. Just leave it now. You know, so you've true, got to, man. these little one percenters are going to get you to where you are. But it also gets to the point, John, what I want to touch on is where, you know, now you're, you're in your career, you know, you, you're the wonder kid, you're the guy, Barcelona wants you, 16, you're making your move to Spurs, you decide to go to Spurs, now you get to a point in your career where you're like, what now? Like you're going for all these clubs and you're like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going there. Now you're in the under 18s. Mm -hmm. You're getting pushed back to the 18s. And now you've got that pressure. And there's so many times in my career where I felt, you know, like I'm in the first team now at Swansea, for example. I was in the first team, worked hard in the 23s, got to myself in the first team. Manager gets sacked. Kenji, go back to the 23s, man. Yeah. And it took such like, and it made me feel pressured to go back to the 23s and have to perform and prove. Mm. You know, like how, how did you go about do handling that situation there. Just before we move further into this episode, I want to ask you, do you feel like you are currently getting the most out of your life? I'm not just talking on the pitch here. I believe that life is all about growing in all areas. And to guide you in your growth, I've developed the On The Ball Mindset Planner. A planner to support athletes in finding out who they really are, beyond the pitch. This planner will get you thinking ahead while staying in the present. By its life assessments, daily goal settings, and journal prompts, and so much more. To get yours now, go to ontheballmindset.com. The content in this planner really did change my life. And my hope is that it changes yours too. 
I struggled, bro. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't, I, outwardly, I wouldn't say I struggled because I've always been, like, I've never, ever pired off a session. I'm always doing extras. I'm always on time. Like, I, when it comes to professionalism and, like, um, your attitude towards work, I've always been, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not being um, uh, arrogant or anything, but I've always tried to be excellent in that, in that point. Mm-hmm. But in football, you're going to face so many disappointments. Mm-hmm. And up until that point, I hadn't really faced huge setback. So it wasn't normal for me to not be pushed or favoured or favourite. Do you know what I mean? So to be put back into to under 18s, I saw it as a challenge. But I felt like when you, <laughs> sometimes you feel like you've already, you've already gone past that challenge. So why am I doing it again? Mm-hmm. But the real challenge is, are you able to do it again? Are you able to push yourself through a season that you don't want to be in? Because I don't want to be under, under, under 18s playing Saturday morning at 11 o'clock when I've been, you know, with the first thing at Palace, travelling for three o'clock kickoffs on Saturday where you've got thousands of fans watching you. I don't want to be back there. For those of you, you remember what under 18s was like, the windy pitches, do you know what I mean? And this, you know, but I, I you know, honestly, I struggled. And so I, I used to come off the pitch crying sometimes, bro. Mm-hmm. Literally in tears. I remember cleaning my boots one time uh, at the old Spurs Lodge training ground, just crying, like, God, why can't I play well? Like, I do bits in games, but in terms of like just, it's, it's all because of my mindset. And mm. I've come to realize that the mind is the battlefield. Mm. If you can conquer this, you can conquer everything. Wow. But the thing is, I was trying to operate in my own strength, in my own knowledge, and I needed help. You know, um, I, needed to, I needed to honestly to lean on God's strength, bro, and to understand that, you know, ultimately he's in control of my career. And if he's in control then I can actually enjoy the process of what I'm going through. Because wow. sometimes in, in, as, as a footballer, you feel like, oh, I've got to be the best now. Oh, if I don't play well, I've missed it. Oh, oh, oh. And you start to just carry this weight. But when I was playing football in the park with my friends at the age of 12, 13, 14, I wasn't thinking about that weight. I was just playing for the... I just wanted to not make someone or play a through ball or flick it over someone's head. Mm. But that whole love for just the game and had been lost in the pressure of me trying to be someone. Mm-hmm. Or be who other people thought I was supposed to be, and when you st- and when you miss that, when and when when that becomes your reality, you go onto the pitch with the wrong mindset. You come off the pitch with the wrong mindset. Although your intentions are good, you're carrying a weight you should never carry. And it's very easy to see a player who's not confident. It's very easy to see a player who's carrying weight. Looks like he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders, and I, that's what I was carrying. I didn't know how to let it go, but over a period of time, I've come to realize that lay it down. It's a game. You've been created to play and enjoy the game. Shouldn't be this pressure of you thinking, oh man, if I let this slip, oh, I'm going to lose it all. Listen, it's a game God's called you to and he wants to give you strength and um, joy in doing it. So yeah, man, I look back on it and I could have enjoyed the journey a lot more in my initial stages for sure, bro. Yeah, nice. What you just shared there is <laughs> these absolute gems, man. Like, I, To be honest, for the people listening to this, like... I just want to say like, it's actually crazy what you're saying because what you're saying is so true and, it's, and, it touched, and it touched me in a way that's like, I, feel, I felt so much like truth in it and I could relate so much to that, what you just said. And as footballers, you know, we put so much pressure on ourselves. We put so much pressure in, I have to perform and if I don't perform today, like that's it. If I don't do this today, like that is just, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, how am I going to do it? And for you just to say, like, 
just to put it into God's hands, what would you advise somebody that is going through a hard time that doesn't really have the relationship with God, but is yeah. trying to find it, John? He's trying to, he's trying to find it, but he doesn't really get it. Like, what, how, what would you suggest to him? I think we all go and face situations where we realize that we can't get through it by ourselves. And the reason why many listening to this or many who could potentially hear this, you're frustrated or you feel a bit empty or you haven't got peace is because you've been trying to do it alone. Mm. You know, you've been trying to carry this weight, maybe family situation, relationship situation, or just in general, you haven't got peace. You're always looking for something to fulfill you or, you know, an act to, to fulfill you, but you just don't have it. So I think everybody, our insecurities, our fears, our doubts, our worries are all invitations from God to say, look, come, come to me. I'll carry it. You know, I'll, and it's, it's a relationship with God. It's not a religion. And maybe people haven't heard that before, but it's not just about ticking boxes. Okay, I've done this, I've done that. I've tried to keep be a good person. It's not like, that's not Christianity. It is uh, God wants to hold your hand through life, lead you, help you to fulfill your destiny, give you peace, give you joy, to walk in a relationship with him. And so when you realize that, like, it takes that weight off your shoulder that like, you, it's not about your name, your fame, your glory. It's about him. And he wants to use you, work with you, you know, hold your hand through life. And so for those who haven't got a relationship with God and you're feeling heavy or maybe, maybe everything's going well for you, but you're still not satisfied because football can't satisfy you. Like, why is it that, you know, you could score 50 goals, but you always want 55. You know, you could, you know what I mean? You could have, you could get, you know, in, in, in team of the year or player of the season, but as soon as the next season starts, like you have to start again, again. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's a, you're on a continual you know, uh, hamster wheel of trying to perform. Mm. Um, and look, look, don't get me wrong. Like we're in this game for 15, 20 years. And look, give yourself fully to football. Like you're never going to get it again. You said earlier, Kenji, it's a must. Mm. But when you realize that, like you don't have to do it in your own strength. And it's exhausting when you do it in your own strength. You, God wants to give you strength. And it just simply, you know, you know that's where you know, there's ballers and God exists, you know, a movement like that where you can come in and, you can hear and, and learn how to start a relationship with God if you've got people around you like Kenji or whatnot. Reach out to them and say, you know what, bro? Like, I, hear what, I hear the reality of that. Like, how, do I, how do I get to know God? How do I say yes? How do I let him carry what I'm carrying? And it starts with just a simple prayer. You know, mm -hmm. God, like, I'm tired of carrying this by myself. Mm -hmm. uh, I've, I've tried everything to try and find peace or try and find happiness, but I just I haven't tried you. Help me to try you, God. You know, I trust you. You know, so it starts oh, like that. So that's how it for me, bro. So... You ain't, got to, you ain't got to do it alone, brothers. Wow. Amazing, John. So, <laughs> I'm just talking back. Like, this is, like, <laughs> this has been my favorite one so far, John. Like, thank you so much for sharing all this, bro. I, I knew it was going to be lit, but what you're sharing here is, is really inspiring, man. And it's amazing to hear. And just to go into that ballers in God, John, like this movement that you're on, you know, something that I'm really passionate about as footballers is obviously that we're way more than just footballers. Mm -hmm. And you are a true, true testament to that. You're not just playing, but you're also supporting and helping players in their spirituality. Yeah. And, uh, but talk to us more about that, man. Talk to us more about this ballers in God, like what it is, what it's all about, why, why you did it, and, and just where the players can really, who, who can come in and, and, and yeah. be a part of it. Sure. So Ballers in God um, is a movement that exists to unite and equip players to be all, they've, all God's called them to be. Um, it, 
was birthed out of desperation, to be honest with you, bro. Um, and I think um, sometimes the best, the best movements or best uh, uh, fields are born out of desperation or a need. And um, I was playing in Belgium on my second club and I just felt like I just needed some help. Like, don't get me wrong, I've worked with psychologists along the years and stuff and I've got people around me who, they help, but I realize, you know, as a Christian, you know, a Christian about a church is like a baby without a home. You need, you need community. You need people around you to help you. No man's an island. Mm. And um, my church in South London, they, had, they didn't really have an online presence I could plug into abroad. So I tried to get to church on Sundays in Belgium. The language barrier, training schedule just didn't permit. So I was just talking to God about it. And I really felt him put on my heart to start a movement that connects faith and football. And I was like, all right, that sounds lit. Let's do it. So I reached out to a couple of the boys I met along my journey. Um, and I just called them. I said, like, bro, like, how are you? Mm. And I said, yeah, football. No, 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 no. I said, no, no, not football. Like, how, how are you? Mm. And they was like, yeah, you know, bro, I'm struggling with this. My head's gone. I've been, got this, da, 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 my relationship, my missus is all over the place. Just different bits and bobs. I'm not in a team. But I'm shrugs. And um, I said, well, listen, like, I, want, I feel led to start a movement, like, online for players. You can just come on and support each other. Would you want to join? I said, bro, absolutely. So we had our first meeting in 2015. And um, yeah, bro, we had three or four players and we just let God have his way, to be honest with you, bro. And it was just the most refreshing, wow, man. powerful movement where like we laughed together, we cried together, you know, we read the Bible together, we prayed for each other. And it was just like, it was just so beautiful because there's something very special about running alongside people in the same field as you, in the same industry. Football is a very bizarre bubble and people outside it just don't get it. Like, oh, what do you mean? Like, you're down. Like, you, come on, you're earning thousands. Or what do you mean you're down? Like, you're famous. Or listen, those things can't satisfy you. That's why we're down. Do you know what I mean? That's why we're down. Um, and so to have a community where you can come in, hear about who God says you are, not who your manager says you are. Mm-hmm. Hear about who, you know, God's plans for you are. Hear other people's stories, their struggles, addictions. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, it's just whatever you're going through, one of us have been through it. Whatever you, you will face, one of us is probably going through it now. And I realized that, you know, God's taken me through all the things I went through so that I could now relate to what all the other boys are going through. So fast forward five years later, we had four players. We now have nearly 150 players playing in 50, 20 different countries. And we've got three different groups. So one English, one French and one Dutch group. You know, we meet weekly, weekly meetings, WhatsApp group. You know, at the end of the season, we've got retreats. And so, like you said, bro, it's a movement that really helps to encourage people in the reality that you are more than players. God's got such an amazing plan for your life. And we want to help you and encourage you in that. So, yeah, man, it's changed my life. It really has, you know. And so, um, yeah, man, God really has been using it. So. God is really using you, man. And that is like even, even just you sharing what you shared there is it's changed my life, you know, being a part of this community, being part of this, um, like you said, like like-minded players and like-minded things that are actually sharing the truth. You know, you can feel like you're alone going through the things you're going through. And just to be a part of guys that, that are on the same mission, that are the same, like, yeah, like, like, like you said, like like-minded, you know, and even, even when I came into it, like, I was like, I was like, wow, like that this exists, you know, you don't realize that it exists. You don't even realize that this, that this is about, you know, like when I, when I first heard about it, I was like, what? Whoa. 
even when Tyler shared it with me, I was like, whoa, like get me in there, man. <laughs> like I, I was gassed. And, and just, just, to, just to be involved in it and get to know God on a deeper level and how it's impacted my life, you know, it's just, it's just so amazing what you're doing in the world, John. And, and I just thank you for, for that. And thank you for who you are in the world and what you're bringing to the world because there's more of you needed, you know. I'm yeah. really passionate about this. I'm really passionate about players you know being their best not just on the pitch but also being the best off the pitch you know it's like it's so important to not just be so amazing on the outside but on the inside you're feeling broken and hurt you know it's 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 amazing that that you that you're doing this and for any football that is listening to it like listen to this right now come and join us come and join the community come and join us and and just be a part of this movement because it's it's changed my life and i know like you said before it's changed yours and 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 I do encourage anybody that is that is um, thinking about it. You know what what do you ex- what do you um, desire them to do? Do you want them to message you? Like what what do you want them to do? Yeah. So I mean, just just off the back off the back of that, um, you know, you don't have to be a Christian to join. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I and it's important I say that because I think we all have questions, and there's people who come into the group they're just curious about wanting to know more what the group's about. There's people who've been Christian for you know, since they were your kids, they've been growing up in church, but kind of falling away, but want to have faith for themselves. So like, no matter where you're at, you're welcome. Wow. No matter where you're at, I believe if you come in, you'll grow uh, and, and, you, and you're, you'll be blessed and encouraged. Um, because ultimately, like everyone listening to this, like you've got a destiny. Yeah. You've been created for a purpose. And it's, don't get me wrong, football is a huge part of that, but there's more. There really is more. And so, you know, the foundation of you building your life has to be solid because like when you build a house, especially the higher the house goes, the higher the house goes, the deeper the foundation needs to be. So for example, if you're building a a huge uh, uh, structure, the foundation needs to go deep. And if your structure, sorry, if your foundation is wobbly or it's built on a weak foundation, then you're going to, you're going to, the building's going to fall. So if you try and build your life upon money upon fame or you know don't get me wrong family is a really good thing but it's not the foundation you you need to know who god's called you to be and so i just want to say that when you when you come to know jesus he becomes a foundation that never moves and Mm -hmm. is strong and solid so if you build upon him the higher you go when the winds and waves and and stuff comes and hit you you'll know who you are and you'll be able to stand and so if you know if if you want to join or you want to ask questions you know, feel free to message Kenji, feel free to message me on Insta or follow us on Instagram, Ballers and God. You know, if you want to drop us a, 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 a message on our, our inbox, we'll get back to you. Um, or just reach out to somebody maybe, you know, who's part of the movement. And, um, or if you don't, if you've not got Insta or, or whatnot, you know, message us at ballersandgod at gmail.com. Uh, that's our email address. Get at us, send us your name, we'll get back to you. Nah, I love it, John. I love it, John. And even just what just come into my heart to share right now, John, is that, you know, like I was born in a Christian family. Mm. I was born in a Christian family. Um, like life, life was, it was about God, you know, like everything. Yeah. God's timing, God's this, but I never read the Bible. You know, I read, yeah. I never, I never opened the Bible. Like I read the Bible. And I was like, nah, it's not really talking to me. I don't really get it. You know, it was like that. I knew all the stories. I knew about Noah's art, knew about everything. <laughs> and you know what I mean? Like I knew about it all, but I never really had that that encounter. That encounter, right? Mm-hmm. Now it gets to a point where 
my best friend, somebody that is, well, he's my cousin. He's actually my cousin and he's my best friend also. Um, he lived with us in England. When I went on loan to Holland, he lived with me. So we were really, really close. And he sadly passed away. Mm. But as he passed away, like we saw that he was slowly going back, like getting worse, you know, he was slowly not being there. And we were in his apartment, you know, he, and suddenly like we're, we're sleeping in his apartment and stuff, me and, my, me and my fiance, Bella. And it was just, it was surreal. It was a surreal experience. Like we just saw a body and we saw the life just go out of him life was just not there so me and Bella are in that room now and I could feel like we both felt the same thing you know we both felt the same thing like <laughs> this body is nothing John mm. this body that we have is nothing like there, there's there's something more and ever since that day like me and Bella have been really on this journey together sort of thing and yeah. she was she was never really into spirituality and, and stuff she believed but she never really she was like mm, no you know it's not really yeah. but you but you live like a christian bella you live nah i'm not i'm not you know and it's just that sort of thing it was that and ever since this experiences we've been like my dad said like my dad's told us he said when you're ready to see you will see when you're ready to hear you will hear <laughs> and that that will stick with me for the rest of my life and anybody that is listening to this that wants to see just you will see when you want to see and you will hear when you want to hear because after that experience that life-changing experience for me and my fiance like it's changed my life it's really made me see things from a different perspective it's made me see things but what the truth really is and I've been seeking I've been seeking I've been seeking mm. and people have been coming on my path you for example like mm. everybody around me have just been showing me in this direction where I'm supposed to be you know, and especially with going with it in this journey with my fiance is like a bonus. But but I just wanted to share that. Like I've never really shared that. And I just that just came into my heart to share, like for everybody that is listening to this. When you're ready to see, you will see. When you wanna see, you will see. When you wanna hear, you will hear. And I just wanted to share that um that little so good, man. First bro, just condolences obviously what you've been through and thank you for sharing it. So so honest, bro. And you know, the reality of what you're saying is actually a scripture. You know, the Bible says in Matthew, like, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. You ask and you will be given to you. And so, like, if you want to know the truth, the Bible says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I mean, I've had conversations with non-believers. And, like, I used to debate a lot, even, like, with other religions and stuff, like, even on the streets and stuff. I forgot, you know, I've, been through, I've, I've, I've had a lot of experiences, but I don't even want to debate, you know. There's a time for, to answer, answer questions, but... I had a, a close friend of mine and he's like, bro, I don't believe. I said, that's fine. I respect that, you know, but does it, just because you don't believe doesn't mean it's not real. You know, yeah. if you jump off the Eiffel Tower, say, nah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fly. It doesn't matter what you believe. The truth is gravity exists, you know, and you're going to understand the reality of gravity as soon as you take a step off, this, off, off, off the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. Likewise, um, your belief can limit you. I experienced that as a player, like your belief system will limit you. Likewise, if you don't believe in God, um, that belief system needs to be corrected. And look, I'm not here to force anyone on or anything, but the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And when you taste and you just have a, you start to have an encounter of who he is, man, he's so good. Mm -hmm. And he loves you. 
He really does. And no matter what you guys have been through, what you've faced, just recognize that God has been with you through it all. And I know some of us maybe listen to this and you've been through stuff. You're like, well, if God's real, how, how could I have been through that? Well, listen, God doesn't always let, uh, make things happen. He allows stuff to happen, you know, and there is a God and there is an enemy as well. And he wants to do everything he can to kill, steal, destroy your destiny, your plan, your purpose. But just to go back to that, that time I was talking to my friend and uh, every question he asked, me, what about the Bible? It's been changed. I answered that. He's like, oh, yeah, what about this? And I answered that. He's like, oh, he kept coming up with these questions. And I said, bro, like if I answered all of your questions and you, and you knew God was real, would you believe? And he went, probably not. And so I just realized like people just want to just be right and not know the truth. And so I encourage you, like, as you start to look at the word, the Bible, and start to ask God questions and start to go deeper, you will find the truth and it yeah. will set you free, you know? So, yeah, man. I mean, I'm, I, I remember I, I nearly died in a car crash heading back from France to, to England um, where the driver hit me coming the wrong way down the motorway, 70 miles per hour, a drunk driver. And in that moment, like, I was about, you know, maybe... 10 inches away from losing my life or and being in eternity but sadly the passenger of the of, of the other driver didn't didn't you know i saw him take his last breath when i got out of the car and you just think to yourself like life is like a vapor it appears for a short time and it vanishes away mm. but there's people here that you be in our 20s 30s maybe 40s even 50s like 90 100 that's is, that's the most you're gonna get and once this body expires, your spirit will, will live on, you know, and there is an eternity. So know God, man. Jesus loves you. He's got, the pla- got a plan for you and he wants you to know him. So thanks for sharing that, Kenji, bro. Nah, amen, John. Amen, John. And I just, John, I just thank you for, for everything, man. I thank you for, for what you've shared today. And I thank you for who you are in the world, you know, and I just, Bro, I wish you the best with everything. I'm so happy to be a part of your, your journey in your life. And, um, and thank you for, for, for sharing what you shared because I know that every footballer that is listening to this like, has really helped them through their situation that they're going through. And that's the reason why I'm doing this. So anybody that is listening to this, you know, please do. If you have any questions, reach out to me, reach out to, anything, uh, to John. If you have any more, if you want to know any more details and, um, and John, I want to just say another thank you for coming on here, being vulnerable and sharing what you shared, bro. Appreciate you. Well, Kenji, I, I just want to say it's a pleasure, bro. And, um, ever since I've met you, bro, it's not been long, but I can honestly say, bro, you're, you're a brother for life, man. And mm-hmm. just your light, your desire to just want to, you know, help players. You know, I've realized that the highest place you can be is to serve people. And in football, you don't often see that people willing to serve, encourage. We're in, a, we're in a game where everyone wants to beat everyone. And so to see you, Kenji, with your platform, the way you're using your gift, your, 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 your voice, bro, just know that you're reaching people, man. So I pray you guys have been blessed by this. And, and please, keep, please keep getting behind Kenji, man. He's, he's, an, he's an awesome brother. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you so much, man. May God continue to bless you. For all the listeners out there, Make sure you continue to, to like, subscribe, comment, any takeaways that you've, uh, that you've received from here. Love to, love to know them. And John, thanks again for coming on, bro. Yo, it's Kenji. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, I want to keep this conversation going. So please send me a DM on Instagram with any thoughts, takeaways, and any questions. <laughs>